0: Welcome to Locking Arms podcast, where we desire to partner together to reach Acadiana with the gospel of Jesus. Join us each week as we hear from and pray for the pastors and churches in our association. Okay. Well, welcome back to our second episode of Locking Arms podcast. Um, Brother Chris Fusile and I are both hosting this podcast and Today brother Chris we want to talk about uh, pastoral care you know what I have learned about you over the past seven months is you have a genuine love for people and a pastor's heart yeah. and so um so if, if I can ask you a a simple definition or there have to be simple definition a definition of of pastoral care how would you define that
1: yeah there's Thank you, Brother Dusty, for having me, first of all, and there's probably a lot of d- different directions you could go with a simple definition of pastoral care, but, you know, I would say one of them, the one that comes to mind is, is just being there for your people when they need you. I think that's just so vital and important, and most of the time, uh, it's not in the most convenient uh, areas of life or, you know, things occur that, where people need you, and, uh, but it's just being there for your people. I think that's so important. I think that says it all right there.
0: So, what would what would pastoral care? What does pastoral care look like for you at First Baptist Youngsville? Yeah,
1: well, I think like a lot of other pastors, <laughs> it's multiple things from week to week, sometimes day to day. Um, just recently, well, about a month ago, we had a church member who unfortunately passed away. He was driving on Highway 14 in the Delcom area had a medical emergency, uh, hit the side of a subway, uh, they rushed him to Abbeville, I got a phone call, got in my car, took me, you know, good 20-30 minutes to get there from Youngsville, and so I was there, went to the emergency room with the family, and uh, they decided to fly him to Alexandria, so, you know, I did what I needed to do, it was a Wednesday, so I had to make a decision about what I was going to do for Wednesday night, but just really knew that that's where I needed to be, and so... You know, got in my car and started driving towards Alexandria, and unfortunately he, he did pass away, but you know, I was there, thankfully, through the entire process with that family. I didn't leave until they left that night to drive back to to Lafayette, and then, of course, we had the, the funeral, and I got a note from his wife about about a week ago. Uh, she was just following up with some notes sending them out to everyone. And uh, not to to express everything that she said, but just how thankful she was that that I walked with her throughout that entire process. Mm. To me, that's what it's all about, mm. you know. And you can't be everywhere all the time, but I knew in that situation that's what I needed to do. That's where I needed to be, and and I knew that's you know that's where God had placed me for that moment. And to me, that that's what it what people need. They need a pastor to to love them to be there for them.
0: Yeah, you know, the the saying really is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and it's moments like that when when it's not even having, you don't have to say anything. You're just there for people.
1: Yeah, somebody told me a long time ago, 90% of it is just showing up, right? Sometimes I don't know what to say. Even after all these years of ministry, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners, they don't know what to say sometimes either. And sometimes you're not supposed to say anything. Mm. You're just supposed to be there. And be sensitive to the situation and what's taking place, and you know. Also heard that you know they'll forgive a lot of bad sermons, but they don't want forgive. You know, whenever you could have been there, should have been there, and you weren't there. And so, uh, but they'll forgive a lot of bad sermons if you've been there for them in the yeah. past. So I preached a few bad sermons along the way. So yeah, I think we all have. I need a, I need a few coins in the bank. Yeah,
0: yeah I understand. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. When, when people see that, that we love them and we care for them, they're willing to overlook our mistakes and also follow, you know, because they know that, one, we love them, and two, we're following after Christ.
1: Yeah, I've always believed that you have to earn the title pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a given, you know, that takes time. Usually after a certain period of time, people will go through some type of crises in their lives. You know, maybe three years, five years, it just depends. But, you know, somebody's going to lose a job. Somebody's going to have an emergency. Somebody's going to have health issues. You know, somebody's going to lose a loved one. And so those are opportunities I think that God gives us as pastors to to be there for our people. And it also uh, creates a culture, or it should create a culture in our church that our our deacons and Sunday school teachers and, and our people. Exercise that kind of compassion yeah. and empathy, our sympathy, uh, yeah. in that situation. That's right. Yeah, that's what Jesus did. I think that's we find that model from him how he loved people right where they were. Yeah. Mary and Martha, when Lazarus passed away, you know the Savior of the world stopped everything to to be there for them yeah. when their hearts were broken. Yeah, you, you're
0: you're absolutely right. Um, and for some, it's easier than others, right? Some have. Because we all have different gifts, right? Some, mm-hmm. some are, are, you know, the, the way I've heard it said. Um, some pastors preach mm-hmm. um, in order to get to do pastoral care. <laughs> some pastors do administration uh, and pastoral care, so they get to preach, and, and vice versa. And it goes on and on. I
1: totally agree. I have mm-hmm. my strengths and weaknesses as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so for pastors that may say, "You know, brother Chris," their strength. Are not pastoral care. What are some tips you can give them to help them grow um, to to better love their people? Not that they don't love them, mm-hmm. but maybe in ways uh, to show that. Yeah, Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. I you know I'd say start small. You, you know you don't start in a in a big way, but just find some small ways to let your people know that you care. Mm-hmm. You know one of the things that I try to do is. Is I'll send out perhaps a text message, you know, in the morning. Somebody comes to mind that I'm praying for and, and genuinely pray for them. And I'll send out a text, hey, just want, want you to know you're on my mind this morning. I'm praying for you, praying that you have a great day. There may not be anything that I know about that's taking place in their lives, but God put them on my heart. And I, I try to do that on a, on a pretty regular basis. The other thing that I really enjoy doing, I learned this from my mom, is that. Uh, I love writing note cards. That's just kind of my thing. And so, uh, just ordered a new set actually for this year and, uh, wrote a few this morning to a few uh, people that I, that I know that I want to reach out to, but I kind of set aside some time every week, set a goal every week of how many I'd like to get out. And it's not a lot, but you know, if you send out five a week over the course of a year, well, that really adds up. And so I, I try to do that. And, uh, Pick up the phone, phone call. You know, the phone. Make a phone call sometimes, um, but you know, when they're in the hospital, try to be there for them as well. So, just to do do the best that I can and uh, letting people know that, that I do care. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's that's some of the ways that we can use the resources that God has given to us to, to show people the same thing.
0: You know, uh, I appreciate that, and, and it's the little things. I think so. You know, I think the, it is the little things—the phone
1: call, yeah—the
0: personal touch. Well, it's
1: time. You know, mm. somebody you know, say, "How do you how do you define love?" Well, it's l, it's T I M mm. E. That's how you spell it. And we all have a certain amount of time, and obviously, I'm limited as well. And there's some things that that you ha- that you have to do, give and take. You know, there's some things I could probably do better and be stronger in, but for me, pastoral ministry is a is a pretty high priority other than mm-hmm. preaching. And so there's some things sometimes I have to let go in order to be able to, to show pastoral ministry. Yeah.
0: You know, um how can how can we grow for you know the <clears throat> so let me let me phrase it this way. And I may be one of these people,
1: okay. okay.
0: Uh in, in my own life, but there are some people that are easy to love, and there are some people that are not always easy to love.
1: Yeah, and you're and looking again, at me as you say that, you know. Well, no, no, no.
0: no. I'm saying I, I could be one of those that's not easy to love, right? Especially, I'm, I, you know, if you're an introvert, yeah. you know, you, you don't yeah. necessarily always need that.
1: But I think that's true for all of us. Sometimes we're easy, and sometimes we're not easy to love. That's right. It just depends on which day it is. That's
0: right. How can we, because we're called to love everyone, Yeah. right? It's there. tough sometimes. The, the, the commandment is love God, love people. Mm-hmm. Right? And all the commandments are summed up in those two, Jesus tells us. But how can we in, uh, intentionally love those who may want to be at a distance? Uh, does that make sense? It
1: does. You know, obviously, every person is different. And sometimes it takes a while to, to learn how to minister to a person. And not only that, but you have a husband and wife who have different personalities and you know and so you you learn how to to minister to the husband or, or to the wife or to a student I think you have to get to know people you know once again that that takes time uh, getting to know your people in such a way that you learn how to minister to them I have people in my church who uh, if they're in the hospital they they really don't want anybody to to visit them they would prefer not to have a visit, and so what you look at it, you know you step back and say, "Okay, well, how can I show God's love, but yet not intrude mm. because I definitely want to show God's love, and so that's whenever perhaps a, another way will be best, mm. and so yeah, I think a lot of times it's just getting to know your people, and then, like you said, sometimes you know you, you have people in your church where it, it's a little harder to to maybe show god's love and mm. You, know, you really have to pray through that. I think all pastors out there have been there where, you know, you may even have somebody in your church, and they've, they've really done some things to try to, to hurt you, undermine you. And then you find out, you know, something's going on in their lives, and, and you know what you need to do. But uh, you really have to work through it and pray through it and ask for God's help because, you know, you're the, you're the under-shepherd for the entire flock, and you can't leave anyone out. Yeah, that's, now, that's cool. when I have to look at my heart. I think we all do get things right with him.
0: That's it I think one of those things that you mentioned is prayer mm-hmm. you know it, it's hard um, to not love somebody when we're continuously praying for them yeah. you know and, and praying for their family, praying uh, that God would, would watch over them and so who are we praying for? We're going to be good pastoral care pastors. We need to love people and pray for them mm-hmm. I think another another aspect there is relationship building. Um, we gotta. I've heard it said before. uh, If you're going to be a good shepherd, and pastors were under shepherds, we have to smell like sheep. (laughs) Um, I may not have always been been the best at relationship building. Yeah, same uh, here in my pastoral ministries. But how can we build those relationships with people?
1: Yeah, I think I think you just nailed it there. I mean, it's it's time. It's it's getting to know them better. I think uh, that's what we need to do. I, I you know, I love coffee. I know that you do as well. Right. And, and that's one of the things I enjoy doing is, is on a very regular basis, just try to, to meet one of the guys in our church for coffee. Mm. you know, And it uh, doesn't take a whole lot of time, but we've had some great conversations just getting to know each other through uh, a cup of coffee or, or maybe lunch and just spending time together away from church. I mm. think that's so vital too. You know, whenever I'm at church, it's busy. I'm, I'm moving pretty good, and there's a lot taking place, and you're know, and you trying to, to visit with everyone. And then, of course, I mean, you need to preach or teach as well. And so a lot of things are going through my mind, but it's always a lot of fun just to, to carve out some time during the week. It doesn't take a lot of time, but just to, to meet with people, get to know them better away from church. And I tell you, that goes a long way whenever it comes to relationship building. Because they know how busy you are, and they know how many people probably need you, but yet you have carved out some moments during your week to, to just focus on them and, and, and get to know them better. That's right. And I, I do. I, I really like that because I learn all kinds of things yeah. about people, and, uh, and it helps me to be a better pastor. You know How, how can I pastor people that I don't really know? Right. And then how can I pastor people who really don't know me? Right. And so that road goes both ways. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think part of that, too, of, of relationship building is, you know, you, you said it, it's, it's definitely spending time with them, being there, listening to them, mm-hmm. um, listening to their needs. I think those relationships, and, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's those relationships that help move from being the preacher to being the pastor. I
1: agree. Totally. Yeah. And, and once again, it, that does take time. But the more you are intentional in moving the needle in that direction, you'll be able to see that you do become their pastor. It's obvious. To me, that's a beautiful thing. I, I think you earned the title. I've always believed that. You know, it does take time to become their pastor. They may call you pastor early on or they may not, but eventually you will be their pastor if you've built that relationship with them, and um, and as a result of it, I mean, people will, will support the work. They'll support the church. Right. Man, they'll get behind you, I mean, and, and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll give their all, you know, if they know that you love them, yeah. and so.
0: If, if you were talking to a, a young man that God is calling to pastoral ministry, what would be some adv- advice that you would give him as he's beginning?
1: Yeah, I would I would tell him for, when it comes to pastoral ministry, I, I would say two things. The first thing that is essential is you need to you have to love your people. You know, and you you ought to pray God help me to to love my people. I know how much you love them. I know you you lay down your life for the sheep and help me to be that kind of under shepherd. Help me to love the people the way that you love them. Unconditional love. Uh, help me to to see them through the eyes of Jesus. Help me to love them the way that you love them. And then as a result, help me to lead them. You know, that God would give me the ability through his power, the wisdom uh, to be sensitive to the direction that he is wanting us to go. Because as we find in Psalms 23, a good shepherd always leads the sheep Mm. towards a better future. Mm. And so give me a heart for the people to love them Lord, give me the vision to lead them as well. I think Mm -hmm. both of them go hand in hand. And when you love the sheep, most of the time, not all, (laughs) but most of the time, the sheep will follow the shepherd if he loves them, and he can lead them. That's it. Well,
0: if I can can shift a little bit, um, you pastor First Baptist Youngsville. Mm -hmm. How long have you been pastoring there?
1: April 1st, I will celebrate Ten years as their pastor. April Fool's Day. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I tried to start on April 2nd, but it just worked out better April 1st for them. <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: awesome, man. Thank yeah, you, ten thank years. You. Yeah, thank you for your faithfulness. Yeah, there. thank you. Um, how can the Evangelion Baptist Association be praying for you? Because you know we're, we're, this podcast, the goal of this podcast is for us to connect with one another, pray for one another, um, about how we can partner together, locking arms to do ministry together. And so how can the Evangelion Baptist Association be praying for you, your family, and um, and First Baptist Youngsville?
1: Yeah, for my for my family and for myself, pray that, that we'll be faithful. You know, Pray that we will love God, that we'll walk with Him, that we'll enjoy the ministry that He has given to us at First Baptist Youngsville, and that we'll just continue to, to serve Him in that way. And as a church, always pray that God would just help us to be a great commission church, that we would keep going, that we would see beyond the four walls of our church, that we would reach our community with the gospel, and that we would be intentional in making disciples. I think just being a great commission church is really what it's all about for us.
0: Brother Chris, thank you for for co-hosting. You know this. This podcast yeah, was well, it's me.
1: my privilege. Thank you for asking me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited um, about how this can maybe help connect our churches, it, share a little bit of stories or the pastor's story with with our churches, so that we get to know one another a little mm-hmm.
1: bit better. Yeah, God's given us some great men and women who are serving in in the EBA and the churches under that umbrella, and I'm excited about getting to know each of them in an even better way. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me pray for
0: you, Brother Chris, if that's okay. okay. God, I come and I thank you. Um, thank you for Brother Chris. Thank you for uh, his faithfulness to you. Uh, thank you for his desire to serve, Lord. And I pray, I pray for his family, uh, that they remain faithful to what you've called them to. And I pray for the church that he's been called to shepherd, Lord. I pray for First Baptist Youngsville, that as they seek to reach the Youngsville community and ultimately the nations with the gospel, uh, that, God, you give them opportunities to be a great commission church making disciples of all nations for your glory. Lord, we pray you bless them, watch over them and protect them. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, until next time, um, Brother Chris, thank you. Uh, if there's anything we can do for you, uh, Evangelion Baptist Association, please do not hesitate to reach out and contact